Hey, I'm wearing a black shirt today, Rodney. How about that, man? The first thing I needed to do was wear a black shirt. I see Bucky backstage giving me my props at that champion gear there. Look, he was crazy. in black too. Bucky hey, you know was in black too. How about that? <laughs> but the, he's got that good Wiseman beard growing there, man. I'm still trying to get that. I got the white kind of like shadowing through here. Oh, I, we call man. it the cinnamon and sugar now because yeah. of, instead of salt and pepper, I got like that strawberry red hair. How are you, my friend? How are you? Man, I'm doing good. So same thing there, kind of, kind of working on the beard, you know. Uh, but you know, when you get to be my age, you got to worry about you know nasal hairs and all this stuff. You got. I got to come now. I got some. I got some ones on yeah. repel. Yeah, yeah. I got some repel yeah. lines down there that I got to pluck every now and then. Yeah, man, got to, got to deal with all that. But man, it's time to get some chaos going, dude. And, and I got to tell you, dude, Major League Baseball. Uh, I, I know that we've got a lot to talk about, and we're going to talk some Baylor football coming up at the bottom of the hour, but. Dude, Major League Baseball. If you are not a Major League Baseball fan, you need to be right now, guys. Right now. It's a race. We're going to make it entertaining for you. I'm going to make you really interested in the Baltimore Orioles or maybe sick of them if you're not already. Uh, we got a lot of Rangers baseball to talk about today. A lot of baseball between the Astros and Orioles as my guy Rodney and I are kind of at, at – well, at mitts here right I, but it's it's family it's a good family feud we'll get down to that we got craig smoke coming on at the bottom of the hour to break down the longhorns and baylor bears from the bears perspective mm -hmm. craig covers the bears up there in waco we'll be getting his point of view as well and then we'll get your thoughts we want to hear from the comments on twitter and on the text line at 512-222-9328 did i put too many twos in there no, I hit you got it, dude. I got Three you twos. You can find me on Twitter, not the fake wags. You can find my guy, Rodney Rodriguez, at the Rodney R right there. And on the gram at the underscore Rodney R. All right. Talking about the gram. BK, before we get into baseball and everything, BK was talking about the damn, the, the Instagram model mm -hmm. on the plane. Did you see that? I did. You did see did it. See okay. That. I'm sure our guests saw it too, because we still have the same, the same viewers or whatnot. But anyways, this chick. The audacity to her to sit there and say, you guys are bums. I'm IG famous. I'm Instagram famous. Look me up. That is our, that's the fabric of our society in a nutshell, Rodney. And it yeah. is so brittle. It is so fragile that you could just tear it so, uh, so easily like that damn condom suit that she had on that Bucky was talking about, man. One, Dude. the hot, the hot, the crazy ratio. I understand. I get it. But she wasn't. I don't, I don't even think she was that. I like. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I'd give her some back shots for sure. But, <laughs> but dude, she she was really. I mean, there was just plastic everywhere, man. Just like a pinup Barbie. Just nothing but silicone in each. Wherever you could stuff it, there was silicone there. If you can't stuff something else, you're getting silicone in there. I'm telling you. Well, and that's, you know, that that's kind of the thing right now. You know, I've talked about it for so long when it comes to podcasting and, you know, doing even the shit that we're doing. And by the way, thank you all 5,000 subscribers. And we've got a lot of cool stuff uh, with the giveaways coming up. You guys be ready. Look for the additional video coming up from or from uh, from Wax from BK later tonight. You'll figure out how that's all going to happen. Uh, Tom McKay coming in uh, with the seventy-five inches, seventy-five inches coming in uh, earlier, right there, big and long. But um, I tell you, dude, that that society these days where it's like. You, you know, it used to be in the old days, it was like, do you know who I am? You know, that, that was the thing. Now it's like this shit. I'm an Instagram in, influencer. But I mean, and what, that's a funny thing. What exactly it, is that? Like, if you're an Instagram model, like, do you, how, one, how lucrative is that job? You know, like, how much money are you pulling in? Is it just like OnlyFans? Like, there are people that I follow on instagram and it's not because they put out really good you know articulate content right it's because right you know i can look at it and just get rid of it matter of fact i share it with my guy zidic from time to time go look up dawn marie xoxo right now I know everybody that in is. chat you want to know who that is. yeah i know i know you know who that is you know how i know <laughs> you know who that is because i see you liking our posts if you're going to be following these people you can't like the posts guys you can't like the post that gives it away <laughs> Yeah. Sweet yeah. big golf. Thank you. But 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 that's the whole thing with this is like you know, we're we're at a we're at a point right now with with whether it be tic tac, as I like to call it, or, or Instagram. I mean, all of this. I mean, anybody can just do you can do the dumbest shit. You can do the dumbest <laughs> shit, and man, uh, people will pay you for 
stupidity. Uh, people will pay you for tits and ass, and 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 that's great. I mean, I guess, but it, it's man, it, that's what this has become. That's what this has become. And 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 I mean, I hate to say it, dude. It's kind of it's kind of it's kind of dumbed down our society a little bit. But but like you said, Wags, I subscribe. Hey, and, you know and what? I'm like a fan shit. of Darwinism, Rodney. I'm a I'm a big subscriber to Darwinism. Um, yeah. yeah, full tent, uh, definitely. That's going to be one of the things that we have here on the show. Full tent on Dawn Marie, that's for sure. Full tent, Dawn Marie. Look her up, Dawn Marie XOXO. By the way, Zidic is in my room right now. If you can spot him, I will. I'll give away a pro. I'll, I'll figure. I'll give away. Um, I'll give away a Specs gift card or some shit like that, or a hey. twin card. You hey, know what I mean? Wax. Spot Zidic. I'll. I'll. I'll show you. What's I up? do want to ask you, speaking of uh, stupid shit that you find online, and again, this show is never political, never will be political, because I think Wags and I are on the same wavelength with all of that, and we don't need political comments or any of that bullshit right there. But did you see, uh, I mean, I saw the latest stuff that came out. Did you see that, uh, what's her name, uh, Bobo, Bo Bobert, Lauren Bobert? Uh, uh, oh. oh, yeah. well, hey, you know what? If I'm going to make a political that? statement, if I'm going to make a political statement, I'm going to say this. The left's got one of theirs, and the right's got one of theirs. Well, because... the right, somebody had a hold of the right. <laughs> somebody had a hold of the right. Now, where, were, the where were they at? They were going to, like, a musical or something in Colorado. Yeah. Is yeah, that so, what it so, was? So, something, and she shows up, and, you know, her things are all falling out. And, I mean, my, my she initial thought. She looked like know, Lacey Sherbet or whatever. Right? That's who she looked like. That's the, that's the comp I'll give her. If I'm giving Ooh. her a skills breakdown – on what she can do on the gridiron, she looks like a Lacey Gerbet or Sherbet, however you pronounce it. It's going to take yeah. a party of five to take her down. Yeah. I'm telling you and, right now. And I mean, the whole thing right there, it's like, it, and the, the funniest part about that is like, when this all comes out, oh, well, the guy's a Democrat, so uh, I'm not going to see him anymore. Man, I don't give a shit about that. Oh, but, but the whole, is that? Yeah. The, the, the dude, the dude, the dude apparently is a Democrat. And the dude apparently owns uh, some type of bar that that may affiliate with, um, you know, drag shows and so forth. Okay, so relationship over. They throw their ass out, and that's where she's like, "No more dates. I'm done with this guy." You know, but but he definitely did. This dude had a hold of the right side. So wait and a I, So she went out with a, that. Could have been a setup job. That could have been a setup job, Rodney. You know me, man. I'm always cool. working against the green and trying to – I'm all about that espionage, that well, espionage. I'll tell right, you, the, guy. The, the fall guy, I'd have been the fall guy for that one. I'd have <laughs> been the fall I'd guy. Take it. I'd take one for the team for sure. <laughs> Let's get into it, man. We got a crazy American League wild card race, not just a wild card race, man. We got a division race, too, sitting there in the AL West, my guy. Let's talk about your Astros real quick. First off, before we get into our club, let's get into the Rangers club real quick, man. Uh, let's mm -hmm. talk about Bruce Bochy and the Texas Rangers. First off, you want to talk about somebody that could party. It, it looks like Bruce Bochy could take you pretty much the entire fucking night to, to crack open or just put him down in beers, basically, man. Or, or whiskey shots. You know, you, you know how like you go to the bar and thinking, all right, man, well, you know, Holding your liquor is somewhat of a, a, yeah. mas a masculinity thing, right? And you're trying to go shot for shot with somebody, where at least that's kind of how my stupid friends are. They, you know, they try and make, oh, how many beers you got there, dude? Oh, all right. Kind of like a, a boys being boys kind of thing or whatnot. That's but, right. anyways, right. trying to go toe for toe with shots and Bruce Bochy has to be damn what nearly impossible. Well, just yeah. from, just from my opinion, man. But it looks he would look like he'd be a fun time to hang out with and go to a bar. Probably getting a couple of fights with the boach. But anyways, well, and he's a baseball guy. I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, that, that right there tells you. I mean, it's a baseball dude, so I'm sure he has done that a lot of times. But I mean, just talking about the Rangers, and again, I have major props that I want to talk about with you about your Orioles, man, because that, that is one hell of a fine baseball club that you have. That, but yeah, let's uh, yep. let's break this down. The the Rangers last night being able to take one against Boston here, six to four, and it was back and forth, man. I didn't think that the Rangers were actually going to be able to get this. So Valdi went out, looked strong in the first couple of frames, first five frames, right? Rather. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, look, Boston was was tagging a man, and Boston's a club that you can get right now down in the bottom of the AL East. 
you know, one of those clubs that usually has really, you know, ferocious and, and high-powered, potent offense, man. But, look, they were able to get got last night. And and I don't know. i got to break this down. I can't remember how many uh, pitchers that well, actually they rolled out yeah. there. But it was, it was Chapman that actually went out there and got the win there. When you can have Chapman going anywhere from 85, throwing a slider from 85 and then just revving it up and getting you around 101 to 100, how do you compete mm-hmm. with that, man? Like, that's just got to be tough, dude. If you're a hitter trying to expect that, uh, one, you got to be sitting fastball. You got to be you got to be waiting fastball and reacting to anything off speed. Or you know what? Just say, screw the off speed. Just sit there and, and wait for the fastball coming because you know it's going to be high and it's going to be high and probably outside. That's where I've seen Chapman deliver a lot the past couple of times he's been out there, man. But, hey, he looked great last night. And then LeClerc being able to get there and finish it off and get the save, just what the Rangers needed there to get one game closer to Houston, who just might be suffering a sweep here from the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, and we've got uh, – it's going to be a great afternoon of baseball. I mean, because you've got the rubber matches coming up here with the Short Rangers game. and the Red uh, yeah, Afternoon yeah. game too, man. Yeah, both afternoon games uh, with those two. But, uh, I mean, you look at the Rangers, they fall behind 4-2. to two. I was sitting there watching that as we were going back and forth, and I'm thinking, okay, come on, Red Sox. I mean, you have to uh, – I mean, just keep pounding it on right here. But but like you said, I mean, the Rangers come back, and a lot of that, I mean, the difference right there is Bruce Pochi. I mean, you've got a manager in there that's going to – Got thrown that, out, that, though. Yeah, yeah, he did get thrown out. But <laughs> – and and keeping up keeping up with with kind of the trend that we've been talking about throughout the AL West is here you've got Houston they fall all over themselves and can't figure out a way and again they're playing a really good they're playing a really good baseball team but the Astros the pitching woes continue and I'll talk about that here in just a little bit but and then Seattle uh, over on the West Coast I mean they, they go out they go out and they do what the Astros could not do they're taking care yeah. of the ace. Those are the fucking games you need to that's, be winning. Yeah, that's and, the that's when the gap should have been minimalized right. or minimized this, just a Wags, little bit more, this, man. This should be a four and a half to five game pad for Houston between Oakland and Kansas City. And 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 they have still found a way. They have still found a way. And it's with this staff because they're hitting the ball. Houston's hitting the ball right now, but shit. I mean, your starters, your starters are giving up the long balls. You turn it over to Jose Arquiti that comes in and he gives it. And again, he inherited what Hunter Brown got him into, but you know, that happens right there. And you're not going to, you're not going to win the West when you can't get out of your own way. If you're the Astros right now. No, a lot of small ball last night from the Rangers there, but to their, uh, you know, to their victorious uh, doing so, because they were able to, to squeak another one and they're staying hot, man. They're staying hot. Oh yeah, and when you need to, because they were struggling too. Like you were talking about with the uh, with the A's, with the um, the Astros rather. They just can't put teams away. You know what I mean? And that's what and that's what you had to do. And that they were able, they've been able to do that the past month or the past couple weeks now. I like what the Rangers have going. It's going to be a tight race coming up. Mariners still look strong, man. That is a crazy AL West. Right to the AL East, we got like you were talking about, man. The Astros and Orioles. Crazy one last night, man. Crazy one. Uh, it's been a offensive display of firepower the past Back two nights from both yeah. clubs here. And it's not, you know, it's, it's not to any one of the, the pitchers' fault. These are just really good hitters, man. And Cedric Mullins, a lot of people are wondering why Houston is struggling so much right now with Baltimore. If you, especially when they, you know, they look so well when they played back in Baltimore, right? Uh, almost a month ago. Cedric Mullins was on the IL. He was on the injured list or, you know, IR, injured reserves, whatever you want to talk about. So it was it, it was a different ball club. And, I, and you know, you, you say, Wags, how can one guy make a difference? Well, when you put Cedric Mullins in there, you have so much more speed. You have so much more defense, too, man. He's fantastic. Not to take anything away from Hicks, but Hicks in center field is just not what hate uh, what Cedric Mullins is. Cedric Mullins is an all-star. He's fantastic. He, he doesn't just bring the lumber to the plate. He's tremendous in the field as well, Rodney. Now, yeah. last night, you were without Rodney, or uh, excuse me, you were without Rodney. No, I wasn't Rodney. playing, dude. You were I wasn't without playing. Adley Rutschman there. I was drinking beer in my recliner. I was it, not playing. That's a good place to do it. You were, drink, <laughs> or you were drinking beer in your recliner, watching baseball without Adley Rutschman in the lineup for the Baltimore Orioles. McCann was in there. He looked fantastic. Got a sacrifice bunt and got on safely. And that just kind of like told you the tail of the tape for the Baltimore o- Orioles right there. Everything that they were doing uh, was, you know, w- yep. was working to their advantage. I mean, my God, dude. 
Kurtstadt, Kurtstadt's opposite field home run. One of the last home runs of the night, though, just shows you how well that these Orioles are seeing the ball, man. Yeah, they, they really are. I mean, they really are seeing the ball well. And and I did want to bring up to you because one of the most fascinating things, and again, this 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 tilt right here that we're watching between the, these two clubs, it, it does kind of have the feel like the early season one. You know, the Astros take the first couple of games. The Orioles are able to salvage one. Hopefully, if you're an Astros fan, that, that's going to be the case this year. But uh, I know that you have, you, you've got the AL Rookie of the Year that's on that club that has just been tremendous. Guns, baby. I mean, Gunnar Henderson. That, that is a young talent right there, dude. But the, I, I'll tell you the, the the player that fascinates me so much about the Baltimore Orioles and just the story and just going to a new place and just going and, and talking about a new uh, man, growing new wings, getting that new, um, that? you know, fresh Ryan O'Hearn, dude. Oh, Ryan God, O'Hearn, he, dude. He's, he can't get out. All he does is get on base, dude. That, uh, not going wood. Not going wood. Dude, dude. He had been he. Uh, the Astros hadn't been able to get him out his first seven at bats and finally they got him uh, on the eighth one but i mean that, that dude right there is rock solid and i saw them talking about last night uh, talking about like like his batting average dude it's up over 100 points are you kidding me i mean when when yeah, when you talk <laughs> when when you talk about when you talk about a franchise on the rise and when you talk about I mean, I mean, pulling in players into media market uh, organizations that are going to that are going to find you have a scouting staff that's going to go find these people and put them in place and let them play. Dude, to me, to me, that's one of the best stories in baseball this year. Yeah. I mean, I know that there's a lot. But seriously, Ryan O'Hearn, dude, that's a bad son of a bitch right there. That is yeah, the I only mean, way that I can describe that. Guy. And, and when you if you watch the game this, this afternoon, right, look into the eyes of Ryan O'Hearn and you can really and what I mean by that watch his follow through watch him watch him see the ball all the totally. way into the bat you see totally. when a lot of guys miss and you guys know this you guys played baseball man when a lot of guys miss they're not watching the ball come into the bat they're actually keeping their eyes over the plate and seeing the ball or seeing the bat go past them instead of watching the ball actually come to contact onto the bat I'd love to hear Harge's breakdown he played uh, professional baseball um when we when he takes over after us coming up at the top of the hour but anyways you when you see ryan o'hearn hit this damn thing he is dialed all the way in and it's not just that he's seen it come off his bat and watching it go out too he's seen it all the way in and going it all the way out and the home run that he had last night completely over uh center field now it wasn't like i love when you go opposite field i love kerstad's uh, opposite field home run to the Crawford boxes there. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's telling that he's seeing the ball all the way through to the zone or, or completely through the zone and able to knock it out and take it opposite field with that with that power too. A lot of power as well. Um, yeah, just what can you say, man? These guys are dialed in, and when they're not hitting the ball out of the park, they're being able to dial it up and getting them running on it, uh, very fast on the base pass. Two stolen bases last night. Uh, Frazier and Mullins there looking great, man. Uh, I can't wait for this. Uh, I can't wait for this matchup today. This, I this, hope we uh, get the this, brooms out, man. I like you guys say the Orioles are in. They've clutched already, but damn it, we need every game because we're in a race for the AL East as well, man. The yeah, Rays are right down our backs. They fuck. They won last 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 night, dude. You can't you can't stop them, man. Yeah, you can't yeah. Stop them. Where Baltimore this... can get got though is pitching, mm-hmm. and I feel the same thing about the Astros too. The the Astros oh, yeah. and Baltimore are kind of built the same way. They got great yeah. defense, power in the lumber site, but their their pitching is kind of suspect. Now John Means coming back, that means that Flaherty can move back and get a little bit of relief into that bullpen. That helps out a lot. But I don't know how that's going to bode out for the Astros pitching. JV's looking good, but if you keep using five, six pitchers and go into your bullpen, they're going to be exhausted by postseason baseball, Rodney. Well, and here's the problem with with, with the Astros. I mean, you go and you make the move at the trade deadline once again to bring Verlander back in. And the thought of that was to, to solidify, to solidify your starting rotation. But let me give you some numbers. And these are, these are, these are, these are diehard numbers. Since August 1st, the Astros pitching staff, an ERA of 4.94. That's 21st in the majors. Dude, listen to this. Listen to this. Verlander, in four starts in September, gave up seven long balls. Seven long balls. And we talk about that. He always tends to do that. J.P. France, since August 1st, has given up nine homers. This is a guy that he tended to walk a lot of people. Well, shit, now he's given up the long ball. And my man, Kristen Javier, since August the 1st, 10, 10, one, zero 
homers, dude. Um, that is the you're not going to win championship baseball no. doing that when 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 one of your strengths is supposed to be this pitching staff and then the the bad part about it is like we saw it like we saw last night wags i mean you you go to the bullpen and shit you it the the trend continues that i mean you can hit the ball all you want i, I mean king tuck bregman uh, diaz who continues to just hit the ball exceptional as a rookie what what a great uh, season he has yeah diaz but, is nasty dude and they put up a stat last night that he's actually um in in his outings, in his little outings that he's doing, he's doing more with less compared to Atlee Rutschman. Exactly, exactly. And, that's good. That's good company yeah, to be in, dude. Yeah. And that's a whole thing right there. Where, where where you talk about that, you know, it's like if you give up, if you give up five homers or you know three homers in an inning, and you come back and you hit a you know a solo home run, you know, with with King Tuck or whoever, and and. That's just not going to win you championship baseball, no. and and and, that, and that's the problem. The problem is the pitching staff. Unfortunately, yeah, I mean, Brown it's great defense. Yeah, yeah. I, Brown I mean, didn't look too sharp last night. It look, and like I said, um, seven know. earned runs, seven earned runs for Hunter Brown. That's that's not going to do get that. You, you can't do you that against this Orioles squad, man. They'll just no. they'll beat you to death. I mean, we've seen. I think we we had twenty five hits. Last night, I think we had 20 hits tonight. It might have been 15 hits last night. But again, there is a lot of offense going out between these two clubs. And if you're putting up three home runs, that's great. But if the other club's putting up five home runs, you're not going to be able to win. So, again, yeah. something's got to happen. you got to get the pitching down. Brown did not look that great last night. Not too sharp. But uh, the Orioles were able to get the win there. Uh, Rangers were able to get – or Rangers were able to get one – game closer i think it's a half game now in that wild card race man so yeah it's tight man it is very tight um in just a little bit here we will have craig smoke on to talk a little bit about the baylor bears and the texas longhorns but i wanted to talk a little bit about nfl news as you can see right here bear rock and roll pulls it up kareem hunt is a brown again yeah rodney this only this this kind of made sense right um, Kareem Hunt's still in shape. He knows that system very well, and it looked he looked very, very good in that system when he was spelling Nick Chubb. And why not? You put him, you, you put Kareem Hunt right in, and now you got a two-hit combo there uh, back in the backfield for the uh, for the Cleveland Browns. Do they take a little bit of loss? Absolutely, sure. It's going to take probably a week or two for Kareem Hunt to get up to speed, and I don't think he'll ever be like Nick Chubb. But he is a he's a tremendous back. Yeah. And, and it's a great fit right there where, where you have a situation where you can take a guy that's been in the system. It's a, it's a guy that's been in that room. He dives right in and, and it, and it does, you know, a little bit of an added twist right there. I mean, you take what Nick Chubb does versus what Kareem Hunt does, and it is a little bit of a, of a differential right there. But I, I think the bottom line is right here. You've got an, you've got an Andy Reed offense. You've got an Andy Reed coach team. You've got Patrick Mahomes. that is going to sit there and command this offense. And, and like we said, Kareem Hunt has been in this, 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 this to me, it's one thing if you go out and you have to chase down a veteran running back and it's a guy that's never been a part of that organization or, or is going to have to learn whatever. Uh, I mean, this dude, it's a plug and play. I mean, you bring him in. It's like when you talk about, uh, you know, bringing somebody that old feeling, bringing somebody back and putting them back where they belong. Well, well hey, JV, JV to right Houston. It, well, well, did you hear those stats I just read off about him? <laughs> I hope that Kareem Hunt, I hope Kareem Hunt can do a little bit better than uh, than that. But ser seriously, dude, th this is a great fit. And then still, come on, Kansas City, Kansas City. It, it, I mean, th this is still theirs. I, I know you've got, I know you've got a couple of undefeated teams. I know the Ravens are undefeated or wh whatever. But I mean, this path is still going through Arrowhead, the, man. Until proven differently, Kansas City's still the one to beat. The Patriots are zero and two. For the first time, is it in Bill Belichick's era? Is this? I don't know. That, I don't that know. Can't, that can't be the stat, but it's the first time yeah. that I can remember the Patriots being zero and two for a long time, man. Um, I'll have to actually go up and pull this stat up here. But in your your opinion, right now, who is the best zero and two team? Because before the week played out, I was considering that it was Minnesota. I'm not sure right now i think it's the chargers i didn't think that i'd be saying that the chargers were zero and two but holy hell man the zero and two teams here now look 
the Bengals are also on two, and they were able to come back. But the big issue is Burrow, man. Burrow banged yeah. up, dude. Um, if if you can if you can find like uh or like we were talking about with the Browns, like if you can find a, a running back like Kareem Hunt, like you just did, to be able to come in and still continue the success that you had against the the Cincinnati Bengals. You struggled a little bit with the Pittsburgh Steelers here, but if you can continue to move forward, if you're the Cleveland Browns, really good plug and play with with Kareem Hunt. That's kind of what you need to continue the drive in this uh, AFC North, man. Um, best zero two team out there right now for me, probably the Chargers. I, I oh yeah, I want to say the Bengals, man, but I just don't know with the strength well, of schedule. Yeah, and the Bengals. I mean, it's one thing if the Bengals were zero and two and you had Joe Cool, you know, at one hundred percent, but but obviously he's not. And and I would love to know. I would love to know what what the what the philosophy is going to be there with Joe Burrow. I mean, uh, do you look at this if you're the Bengals? Do you look at this and you see that you're zero and two and he's eighty five percent or whatever he is? You're going to roll him out there and 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 try to. I mean, are you going to, or, or do you let him sit? I mean, what are you going to do with that? If but, it's a uh, sustained I, I, injury, Rodney, I think you got to rest him, man. I think you got to bite I, the I bullet. I totally and, think so. And I totally take him so. down. Like, consider what, like, you're 0 2, man. The season, if it goes 0 3, 0 4, the season's lost, man. Put, put Burrow on the hook, rest him up until he's healthy, dude. And then don't, I would not jeopardize future damage not just to your quarterback but to your franchise yeah, just by trying yeah. to roll out and getting something for instant gratification i just wouldn't do that you've already seen that you can accomplish you know getting to the afc championship i know that's not where it is and i know your window of success is closing as we speak but still man dude um, but, I'd, I'd rest but, them i would not jeopardize that they started 0-2 last year and still found a way to get to the AFC Championship. So so I, I don't think you necessarily need to hit the panic button at this point. I mean, not now with, with what you have there with Cleveland, with Kareem Hunt coming in there, I mean, obviously it, it's a nice progression right there, a nice change. They're going to be able to, to to progress that offense and and continue to do what they're doing on defense. I mean, even though you, you, you look over at Pittsburgh, I mean, Pittsburgh bounces back and they win, you know, can he, all of that seems to be okay. That division is still up for grabs right now. And and, and once once we get deeper into this, I, I don't think it's time for anybody to hit the panic button yet if you're 0-2. But I, I, I definitely agree with you with the Chargers. And the, the frustration for me with the Chargers is like, God, when in the hell are they going to be able to get their shit together? Because When are they going to stop it, charging? It's all the time. Huh? When are, they, when are the Chargers the going to stop charging themselves? That's the thing. you got so much talent around you, but you can't put it together. Yeah, um, Put it together. And it's it's frustrating. I'm not a Chargers fan. I've got a buddy that moved out to San Diego, and so he he is a Chargers fan, even though that they have left. And me and this dude text all the time, and he's like, dude, he he had been a long suffering Cowboy fan, and he still is a Cowboy fan, just just like I am. But he's like, dude, this team feels so fucking much like the Cowboys. I'm like, yeah, dude, it's the same shit in a different location. Same. I don't know. The Cowboys look good, man. The Cowboys look right now. Now Um, they're they're doing (laughs) good McCarthy ball, where you know you throw based off your run. Dak looks comfortable. Hey, no interceptions. Knock on wood. No interceptions. Let's keep it clean. Now I know I know a couple should have been intercepted, but hey, right now it's clean. Hey, uh, you guys see the post up on the video or up on the the board right there up on the banner. Make sure that y'all like the video. Thanks for the five thousand subs. Absolutely, we guys. We couldn't do this without y'all, and you guys know this too, man. To to thank us, you guys have been asking us, like, what's the best thing you, that we can do to thank you guys or to help you guys out, to support you guys? Thank our sponsors. Go pay yeah. tribute to our sponsors. Go, you know, check out their products. Go out there to Brain Vault. Go check out audiovisual consultations. You hear me talk about it all the time. Rodney's going to talk about B-Caves in just a minute here, Covert B-Caves. Um, BK, BK always stays hydrated with altstat beer all right he does it in moderation he does it safe of course but he's always hydrated with that um woods you guys know the woods comfort system last stand hats we rock last stand apparel all the time you guys know it man top gun lawn and equipment rentals support all of our sponsors guys that is how you do it but remember in order to be the uh to to be eligible for the contest uh, for the contest for the giveaway you gotta like the video and then you gotta comment on the video that's gonna be coming out a little bit later on from bk all right. Yeah. Rodney, let's tell him about COVID real quick before we have our guest Craig come on. Yeah, you guys, since 1909, a name synonymous with automotive, not just automotive, 
just with business in the Austin area. It is the Covert family of dealerships, Covert BK. Of course, they are a huge part right here of Texas Sports Unfiltered. You can catch us out there. Yeah, you'll have a pregame show coming up with Bucky and BK for the road game coming up uh, against Baylor this Saturday. And then next Friday, we'll do another meet and greet out there, free food, all of this cool stuff for you. Home games only. You can come on out and see us at Covert BK. I think actually Wags and I are going to try to get out there and uh, hopefully get to uh, meet the masses out there. But when when you're looking for when you're looking for that dealership, three state of the art dealerships, seven different brands. You go to a lot of dealerships, and it's like, oh, we cover brand X, and we have this brand, and we have this other brand. Well, the Coverts, Covert BK, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, all of that. If you're looking for the Ford and the Chevrolet, take that nice ride down Highway 79, go out to Hop'em Hop'em Hutto, and you can got you got covered uh, Covert Hutto out there as well in Austin, Covert Ford Lincoln. All that you need right there, all of your service needs, 86 service bays, not a lot of time. You go to a dealership, a lot of times you're sitting around waiting all day. They tell you it's going to be about 30 minutes. Three hours later, you're still sitting there reading the same magazine. That's not going to happen at Covert Bee Cave because 86 service bays, they're going to take care of you and take care of you mighty quick. CovertBeeCave.com. Check them out. Uh, schedule an appointment online, or you can just stop by. Just stop by. Ask for Dan Covert. Go shake his hand and tell him, man, I'm so glad that you guys are a part of Texas Sports Unfiltered, man, because it's the baddest-ass thing going right now. And there's 5,000 subscribers in five weeks. Sky's the limit right here, man. This is where you get all your sports talk. We talk Texas. We talk MLB. We talk NFL, all of that. And it's because of our great friends Many great sponsors, but Covert Bee Cave is one of them. CovertBeeCave.com. And remember, nobody beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. No, they don't. All right, let's welcome on our guest, Craig Smoke. He covers the Baylor Bears and all types of Baylor sports. You can find him on Twitter at Craig Smoke. Craig, how you doing? Doing great, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, congratulations on all the success y'all are already having. And uh, best of luck moving forward. But for right now, glad to be with you guys. Absolutely, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining the show on such short notice. Hey, before we get into cut to cutting down this uh, this uh, matchup between the Baylor Bears and the Texas Longhorns, I gotta ask, man. I've been up to Baylor a few times. I've seen some games up there, but the probably the best takeaway from any type of game is the aftermath at uh, health camp. Can you talk a little bit about just the success? that you can have if you go to health camp and it's not healthy here, Craig, is that one of the best venues to eat when you go up there in Waco? Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a city that uh, isn't not known for its cuisine choices necessarily, but I will say, you know, thanks in part to Chip and Joanna over the past few years, you know, there's been uh, some new offerings, but health camp's one that goes way back. Uh, Yeah. That's one that uh, if you've been around, I can tell you've been around Waco by, by mentioning health camp. That's, that's one that if you've been around the, uh, the town long enough, or you visited enough that, that you definitely know Health Camp and it's good eats. So, yeah, definitely a big thumbs up to Health Camp uh, if you're rolling through Waco. <laughs> hey, just wait till I mention Heart of Texas Speedway. I do hey, some racing now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that one's been around for a while. Uh, yeah. Correct, correct. So, let, let's dive into this. I mean, this is a one and two uh, Baylor ball club. And of course, there was a lot of focus after the Texas State game. But the one game that I really have honed into is the Utah game. Baylor seemed to be in control of that circumstances not working out at the end of that but just kind of just kind of break the mindset down and the thought to this point um I think a lot of folks may be underscoring Baylor a little bit but um there are some pretty good signs of life right there in my opinion yeah the Utah game was encouraging Uh, unfortunately what preceded that and what we saw last weekend kind of brought the mood uh down and so Utah is is really the only balancing act right now that keeps everybody from I think just having no hope whatsoever Uh, That opening game, guys, against Texas State, you give G.J. Kinney and company a lot of credit, uh, but that was just a really bad matchup. I think it would have been for a lot of teams uh, right out of the gates. And so that one stunned them, no doubt about it. And I think because of just the expectations rolling in, it really threw a lot of people for a loop. Um, And, you know, a lot of the two was was not only just, you know, the way they lost that game, but it was also kind of how they looked throughout that. So to see them come back against Utah and have a better showing – uh, was encouraging to know that you went toe-to-toe with a, a team that's borderline top 10 right now was encouraging. Now, I will say the thing about that was, you know, they played Bryson Barnes, the quarterback, for a majority of that game and, uh, you know, had a, a, another quarterback in Johnson come in later and have some success pretty quickly. And so you look at it and you're like, yeah, you held Utah in check. You had an opportunity to beat them. Uh, you stood toe-to-toe with them. 
But was that full strength Utah? No. And so if you're one of those that's just kind of not into what you've seen so far, you don't even really highlight that Utah game as a positive. But for those who are not uh, completely down uh, after that Texas State game and, and who are uh, patient enough to know that, hey, this is a team that's just trying to make progress week to week. Yeah, that was an encouraging sign because Utah's physical. Utah's uh, going to be one of the, the most formidable teams moving forward in the new Big 12. And so uh, going toe-to-toe, I think, showed this team can compete with, uh, you know, other competitive teams. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, it also showed that they couldn't finish. And then last week, I mean, it, it, they did what they were supposed to do against the team in Long Island uh, that was nowhere near their level or most people's level. Uh, but even that was a little bit sloppy. And so there was a bright spot of competing with Utah. But overall, guys, it's been a bit underwhelming for Baylor fans and, and I would say players and coaches as well. Yeah, Craig, you've seen a little bit of the progression start to happen for the Baylor Bears here. But you got a tough hill to climb uh, this week now. Um, in in terms of the opposition, Utah, run, Utah ran the belt, runs the ball pretty well here. The Texas Longhorns are starting to run the ball, but they also play a high-tempo aerial assault offense as well here. How do you think that the Bears are going to be able to stop this, and what schemes do you think they'll be able to roll out? Uh, I don't. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I do, though. I think everybody is, is a little bit worried about how they defend against Texas. You know, I, I know last week it was a little bit more of a struggle for Texas, and so people are probably hoping there's some, some remnants of that, although I think maybe they got that out of their system post-Alabama. So, yeah, that's the big question, guys, really is, um, you know, unfortunately for Baylor, their defense is less of a question mark than their offense. But, you know, I think that they're going to, uh, you know, be aggressive. I, I think they're going to, you know, try to obviously get into the backfield as much as possible. But it's just that we've seen such little ability to do that against a team the caliber of Texas. You all got a little bit of a taste of it, but the Longhorns are um, a different animal offensively, to say the least. So, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of defensive backs. I think you're going to see uh, them try to put some some pressure on the Quinn Ewers to just rattle him and, and get him a little bit off. Um, how they go about doing that, you know, that's part of the question because they haven't shown um, the ability to have a lot of guys that can get to the backfield. So uh, if they're unable to create any chaos back there, um, you know, that's going to leave their defensive backs on an island. And I will say that if there's been a bright spot defensively, it's been their cornerbacks. They had young corners, but they've got a handful of those guys. And Dave Miranda would tell you that's probably the strength of their team. Now, that's been a strength so far, but have they played anybody with Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington and Jatavian Sanders and so on and so forth? No, not even close. And so, um, you know, I think they're going to be aggressive. I think they're going to, uh, you know, definitely try to, um, you know, man up as much as possible and, and try to just say, hey, you guys straight up beat us. And if you do, you do. Um, but, man, it's a, it's a challenge. And, and I'm, I'm just curious myself to see sort of how they how they do this defensively because Dave Aranda, we know his pedigree. Uh, sure. But for defensive coordinator Matthew Pallage, this is just game number four. And this is easily right. his biggest challenge. So I am very curious to see, um, you know, how hands-on Aranda is, but uh, how they go about trying to just slow down this Texas offense as well. Yeah, um, it's not just a, you know, a challenge, Craig. It's a, almost a nightmare, right? If you're a defense coordinator trying to plan for this, you know, offensive, you know, potency that the Longhorns can actually possess at times, but they're very inconsistent. So they that's right. one thing that the Bears do have. And you see them force a lot. You see Ewers force a lot of things into, into cover three that don't really need to be there when the underneath is there. Do you think maybe that you see a lot of zone coming up from the Bears and maybe a lot of zone blitzes there. And then on the other side, this is a loaded question, but on the other side, we know that the offense of the Baylor Bears can be a little bit potent as well there. What's the attack scheme on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, defensively, I mean, I do think they'll be aggressive. I, You know, to what extent, I'm unsure because um, I just – I don't know how confident they are in their ability to be aggressive and still hold up on the back end. Right. Like, they like their guys in the secondary, but there is a little bit of a question mark there at safety. And we know how Texas can just blow up teams. Um, and so, you know, man, I, I don't know. That, that's that's the chess match that's most fascinating to me is Sarkeesian right. versus Aranda because Palage yeah. is the defensive coordinator, but Aranda since that first game has made it – let it be known. They're like, yeah, I'm I'm involved. I'm involved more defensively than I am offensively. So – you know, that's that's the million dollar question to me is uh, is how they go about doing that. But certainly if there's a weakness in that Texas offense, uh, of which it's, it's kind of hard to see, but it's not skill. Obviously, it is it is getting viewers a little bit rattled. Right. It's right. trying to get him off his timing and make him force some things. And so I think however they can try and do that, 
that's what they're going to, to do. Um, but to, you know, the breakdown of it, um, yeah, I think, I think we'll see on Saturday. As far as offensively, um, you know, it's been a real struggle. You know, Blake Chapin got knocked out early, and Sawyer Robertson comes in, and his very first game, he gets dinged up as well. And so part of what his game allowed you to do was have him run the football on occasion to keep you off of your feet. Um, unfortunately, with a bad ankle now, last week he was unable to run, and it, it you could tell it had an effect on him in the passing game. And they basically yeah. just stayed yeah. – on the ground all day long. I mean, you look at the box score, I forget exactly what the numbers were, but it was like 40-something rushes to like 12 passes. And he had some passes that you just saw the ball die halfway through the air. You're like, what was that? And you realize afterwards, like, oh, that that must be the ankle. Uh, I don't know how much healthier he is, but he had passes that were just, you know, they got halfway in the air and they were starting their descent uh, and and landed several feet in front of the wide receiver. So, I mean, are they going to be able to run the ball on Texas? I have my doubts. If they can't, uh, can they throw the ball around based on what we saw last week? Absolutely not. So I'm I'm at a loss for how they're going to try and, and, you know, move the football. Um, they're going to have to try and hit some big plays, but I just don't know if they had that capability of Robertson's not able to put full strength behind his throws. Um, he's also a young guy. You know, he's not somebody who's got a lot of starts under his belt. He played sparingly at Mississippi State under Leach and then, you know, has played – uh, so far, a little bit in each of these first three games, and obviously a lot last week as the starter. But, um, yeah, man, it, it's they're not going to be able to run like they did against Long Island last week, and that's all they did, basically. They didn't do much of anything in the passing game. And like I said, what they did was not all that impressive. So I don't know how they are planning yeah. on scoring points. They're going to try to force the run, and just hopefully Robertson's a bit, sh- uh, excuse me, a bit sharper than he was last week. But beyond that, um, you know, that too is, is something I'm very – curious about because it has not have been an easy road trying to score points for this offense yeah um, and that's uh, i'm sorry wax i was just saying when speaking with craig smoke you can find him on twitter at craig smoke go ahead rodney no sorry and and that's one of the things you know going into the season you know you know with uh with richard reese i mean a great freshman season last year i I mean almost a thousand yards right there 14 tds and then you get the osu transfer um and you know kind of adds a different balance to that but i think a lot of uh, what a lot of folks aren't thinking about right here with with baylor having trouble running or, or maybe having trouble running the football this is a totally different offensive line, man. This is a, you had to go back in and, and this is, this is brand new. What would you have one holdover? You had one holdover and uh, then you're trying to build and then you have to face a juggernaut defense like Texas, man. This, uh, this is going to be tough with, with what Baylor's been dealt to this point. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it's, it's puzzling. And, and the chess match will be fascinating because they are operating a bit shorthanded. And you're right, this is a brand new offensive line. Last year, they had the entire line back. And the thought was, man, they're going to be dominant. They're going to be yeah. able to run the football at will. They're mm-hmm. going to be able to do this and do that. And it was anything but that. It was a disappointment last year. Um, and now, you know, everybody but uh, one guy, as you mentioned, Gavin Byers played a lot last year, uh, is gone. And uh, you know, it's been a little bit of a process, and, and you saw that last week uh, in Long Island. But, again, it was Long Island. Like, I mean, what do you take from them being able to run the football on Long Island? That's not K-State. That's not Texas. That's not, you know, even OU for that matter. Uh, that That's not something that they're just going to be able to line the ball up and, and do that again this week. So, uh, yeah, it's been a struggle for the O-line. They're young there. Uh, they're steadily getting experience. But um, can they get down there in the dirt with those big guys from Texas, you know, those four and five star type caliber players, uh, those NFL style, uh, you know, future star players? Uh, I don't know. And and that to me is where this is all going to be won and lost. I think they can hold up and make some plays defensively. True. Um, I do think they have the ability to do that, but they're going to have to have. Uh, some help from their offense because we saw them kind of we've seen them stranded out there on their own before and get worn down that's what happened against Texas State that's what happened against Utah Um, and you know that's that's been um, you know the part that's probably been the most difficult for them in some of these games just the lack of complimentary football saw a little bit better of that last week but yeah I mean they've got a huge challenge uh, across the board guys I mean that's the thing about this game is there's little areas here and there like I mentioned the cornerbacks but it's not like they faced the Texas receivers, you know, then, hey, they ran the ball well last week, but it wasn't like they were going up against the Texas you know, defense. And so this game is going to tell us a lot about where Baylor is, uh, where their uh, mindset and their attitude is, and just where their, their growth and their maturity is and, and how much they've, you know, been able to uh, grow through experience these first three weeks because they are a relatively young team. 
And I think that's sort of just where the, uh, you know, some of the disconnect has been with the fans and with the program is that I think the fans expected them to be farther along than they are. And they're much more in a, uh, uh, not a rebuild, but in a, in a build with a lot of young guys. And this will be for a lot of those guys, uh, their first, you know, mountainous task, so to right. speak. And I'm happy right. to see kind of how they are able to, uh, to manage with all of that. Well, Craig, you talk about it, you know, it, it will be a mountainous task, but the one thing about Texas is that everybody gets up for Texas. So if you're the Baylor Bears, you got to like that. And, you know, coming into it, Jackson seems to be, you know, the the key component or the key target there for the aerial attack for the Baylor Bears. Um, do you have anything that you can add for his success? Or maybe if there's going to be someone that's going to have to compliment him on Saturday to plan for a better of attack for this Baylor Bears offense? Oh, we might have. I think we actually kind of lost Craig there. Yeah, I think we lost him. I think we lost him. Maybe. But anyways, guys, go check out. For more Baylor Bear uh, content and information, go check out Craig uh, Smoke at Craig Smoke. Let's see if he reconnects. There he is. Yeah. There we go. Hey, guys. Sorry about that. that. I got the the spinning circle of death. Uh, you know, I, it's happened plenty of times. It happens from time to time to the best of us, Craig. But anyways, um, what I was just saying there, the line right now is 15 and a half. Um, but like you were saying, it's a mountainous challenge, right? But the good thing about Baylor is that everybody usually gets up for Texas. Like Texas is everybody's Super Bowl, man. Going into the conference play for the first week here, you got to like to take some of those emotions going into this game and doing so. What are some of the key components that we might see from Baylor moving forward? We know that Jackson comes in here as one of the, you know, the key um, targets from the wide receiver room, but you mentioned Drake that they, run the, they yeah. run the ball very well here. We, we got a local guy on the squad, uh, Josh Cameron as well. We know that what he can do uh, when he gets into space, but is there another, uh, another key component or another key, uh, type of offensive target that's going to be able to complement Jackson going into this week? Yeah, I think, um, you know, receiver-wise, that's been like kind of the, the theme with this team. That's been a work in progress. But I think you look at the tight end and Drake Dabney. He's got three touchdowns yeah. on the year. Um, you know, big target, a guy who came back from a pretty horrific injury last year and has been in the end zone quite a bit here often. has been uh, just a nice, uh, you know, not a, not a safety net because it's not like he's consistently catching passes, but sure. he is a guy that is a little bit of that. So I think he's one of your more consistent guys. The receiving core is just very young. Um, you know, even Jackson himself comes over from Arkansas with a lot of big expectations, but he's still kind of a work in progress himself. Um, trying to feel it out, right? Yeah, trying to feel it out. I think that's kind of the theme with with most of their wide receivers. But Josh Cameron, you know, he is a guy that they're very high on. He's shown flashes here and there. But, yeah, I'd say the, the one guy um, – you know, possibly receiving wise, that's that's uh, that you put in there would be a Drake Dabney, also a Hal Presley. Um, you know, was a, a guy that yeah. originally signed with Auburn, transferred to Baylor a couple of years back, and he's shown some flashes, especially down near the end zone and making uh, some tough catches. Uh, but you know, needs to do it with more regularity. Uh, but I would say if there's anybody potentially making some big catches this weekend against Texas to help move the chains, uh, Jack, Drake Dabney, Hal Presley, Josh Cameron. Uh, those would be some of the guys that you're you're most likely to see. I don't really think as of right now uh, there's anybody receiver-wise that you would say, like, where did he come from? Or, wow, what a massive surprise that is. Right. I, the one guy, though, that is probably not very well known, and he comes out of the backfield, uh, but the true freshman in Dawson Pendergrass, he ran mm-hmm. for 100 yards yeah. last week. It was against Long Island, sure, but he's a true freshman from East Texas, and that was his first real action uh, he, you know, he might also catch a ball or two out of the backfield, uh, depending on how things go on Saturday. But, but he's another guy that I would just say, you know, potentially could be somebody that you're like, who is that? That's the true freshman from Mineola, the running back, uh, Dawson Pendergrass. That, that's a guy that, that might be involved as well. But uh, beyond that, I think anybody else would be kind of a surprise, but, but probably a pleasant surprise for the Baylor offense at this point. Yeah, yeah Craig, no you know, anybody that's ever played the game will tell you, man, it doesn't matter what the opposition is. If you get over the century mark on the ground, you're seeing the ball or you're seeing the holes well, and you see flow of traffic and you're seeing your cutback lanes. And yeah, it, Pendergrass looks like he could be a stud, no doubt. Um, Craig, that's all for me. Rodney, you got anything for Craig? Yeah, I actually do have one question for you, Craig. So, uh, sure. and so being in the Austin area, and I know that we're going to have a lot of folks that check in and, and are good or that are going to want to hear this question. Any early thoughts on the transfer, RJ Martinez? That's a Ooh, dude yeah. that, that, that lit up the scoreboards here at Westwood High School. He made me 
highlight videos because I called his games. I know he was in the ball game last week. Uh, um, any early thoughts there with Martinez? I, I think that's a guy. He's multifaceted. Uh, there's always been a question about size or whatever, but uh, I think that that's something that that, that doesn't really matter. Uh, thought, thoughts there on Martinez's future there at Baylor? Yeah, you know, thank gosh that they have him, given how quickly Blake Shapin got hurt. You know, they almost yeah. found themselves in a, a huge pickle had they not picked up R.J. Martinez. And so, yeah, he was a bit of a surprise. You know, they had a whole situation where, um, you know, they were expecting to sign a, a big prospect on signing day. He flipped the Oregon Austin Novosad on the morning of National Signing right. Day. That left them, you know, completely scrambling. Uh, they're able to go get Sawyer Robertson out of the transfer portal. Um, from Mississippi State, but yeah, got R.J. Martinez as well, and I think that was a you know, player not on anybody's radar that many people knew about, but the moment they saw him, they're like, okay, you know, that makes sense. They look into his background, they're like, wow, he's played a lot of football for Northern Arizona, okay, mm -hmm. so if he gets thrown in there, that he should, you know, be far more comfortable than, you know, just your typical backup, but every uh, thing that I've heard about him so far, going back to spring ball, is just, you know, very professional, um, really well liked, uh, has come in and just fit in right away. And is a guy that I feel like they're confident in. And if it comes down to, hey, they need to make the call to throw RJ Martinez yeah. in there, that I think that they're comfortable in doing that. You know, do, do they believe that he can go and carry them the way? I don't know about all that, uh, because it's just, you know, the level of, of the Big 12 is just, it, it is what it is, man. Yeah, it's, man. it's a yeah, difficult it's... beast. Um, uh, <laughs> but you know, it, it was weird though last week because, you know, I mentioned earlier with Sawyer Robertson and, and the ankle. Um, and a big part of his game so far is just the ability to run and kind of, you know, keep the defense on its heels and set up the pass. Well, with the bum ankle, he couldn't run, and he also couldn't really set up the pass all that well. And then his passes were dying halfway through the air. So yeah, you can't follow one, through. Yeah, you can't. You can't do anything. So um, you know that was going on, and it was very obvious. And they they pivoted to RJ for one series. It was very strange though, and we didn't really get much of an explanation. But they went to RJ for one series. Um, you know, it, it was what it was, like a couple plays and they punted or whatever. And um, that was it. And then Sawyer was right back in there. And it was very strange just because I think we were all left puzzled of like, if you put him in there, why not keep him in there for at least a couple of series? No. But they yanked him pretty quickly. Um, I'm not sure if that was um, – because like I said, we never really got the full details because we were also distracted by so many other things that went on. Um, but I, I don't know what that was. I don't know if that was just getting his feet wet so that he's, you know, he's already been in and, and – you know, it's not just baptism by fire if they have to pivot to him, you know, this weekend or next weekend right. or whatever. Um, but I was I was curious about just how quickly he was in and out. But I, I think they have confidence in him. I think that they feel like they can go and, and run an offense and score some points behind him. But, you know, obviously they'd like to have their top two guys healthy. But it's been thumbs up uh, from all indications on on their feelings about R.J. Martinez. Good to hear He's he is Craig Smoke. You can find him on 365 Sports writing for the, or 365 Sports YT writing for that. Um, also, the host for BearCast 365 on Sikkim 365. Thank you so much for your time, Craig, and uh, hopefully we'll see you at Health Camp, huh? Yeah, hey, I, I would uh, definitely like to run into you guys there, absolutely. Uh, treats on me, but you no, know, I appreciate you reaching out and looking forward to, um, you know, hopefully a very entertaining game this weekend. And, uh, you know, nice to talk with you guys. And if you need me to join you all at any other point, just let me know and I'll be happy to do it. Hey, absolutely, dude. Thanks, so I, I met you three, three or four years ago when I was uh, working with Bucky and Aaron, man. And I, I heard you chop it up for Baylor Bears right there. And I found, you know, ever since then, man, you're some of the best that can do it for the Baylor Bears, dude. I appreciate your content. You're some of the best content out there for the Bears. So everybody that's out there right now listening to this show, make sure you go follow uh, Craig Smoke. Please do so. Thank you so much hey, for well your time, brother. Yeah, man, care, I man. always appreciate joining that show and, and joining you guys now as well and look forward to talking to you again. Uh, have a great week, guys. Appreciate you. You too, brother. Be good, man. man. There you there go. go. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, and and I think the uh, question for Rodney, uh, um, for RJ Martinez in there, dude. dude. I, I had to. And you know why? Because I'm going to send that clip to his dad. Because, I mean, that, that, that's a kid right there. Thank, thank you for uh, leaving talent. that time right there. But but listen, Wags, here, here, here's the whole thing. And, and I wanted to ask him this. You, I, I know that he talked about the Baylor fan base is down. And, and they've had success. I mean, they've, they've had success. They've had a lot of turmoil over there, for crying out loud, in that program. But look, man. This is the last time in the foreseeable future that, that that Baylor is going to play Texas. And this is going to – I mean, that right there I think is motivation for, for Baylor. I mean, you come out – Texas tends to start slow. I mean, look at the Rice game. Look at the Wyoming game. This isn't Rice. This isn't Wyoming. Baylor is obviously struggling. But, man, 
you know those fans, even though they may be down on the team, they may be down on Dave Aranda. And, and here's the whole thing. Matt Rule's, sure. Matt Rule's kids left. So right. now this is right. Dave Aranda's team. And I think that's the underlying thing right here. But look, those people in green, dude, they're going to be liquored up. They're going to be fired up, dude. It's a night game. It's going to be electric over there so, at McLean. So see Clear's comments. I hate how much he hates on the horns at 365. I know, dude, Clear, I know, man. But here's the thing about me. I actually love that. That's That, to me, drives me nuts and makes me want to communicate with him more. I think that's the reason why he does it. I think it 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 plucks us or, or it sends a, a, a shiver down our spine just enough to make us be like, hey, man, you know what? Screw you, Craig. You know, but nah, dude. Like, well, we'll get down and, and break it down with Craig. He's fantastic. He's a good X's and O's dude. Fantastic X's and O's dude. And nobody really does know Baylor sports better than Craig Smoke. So I highly well, recommend you guys go follow. And he'll have he'll have a real conversation with you. He's got to pander to the Bearcat crowd. Well, and he doesn't Bearcat, sound the Bears crowd. He doesn't sound too high on his team either. No. I mean, he's in there. He's I a mean, realist. He's a realist. Yeah. I mean, he he maybe hate on Texas and, and hate on whoever, but right there, he's calling it like it is. I mean, he's talking about, I don't know how we're going to run the ball. I don't know how we're going to stop Texas. I mean, dude, that, that's a sign of a fucking good journalist right there. I mean, he's calling it across yeah, the board. He's not, giving, way, he's not giving yellow journalism. He's he's being a realist. And tell, well, he's got credibility on the line, too. Rodney, this is 15 and a half. I don't see this as 15 and a half. Maybe, oh, um, maybe I am missing something here, but I'm trying to break it down. And, dude, just all throughout the room, the Longhorns got it. Check, 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 check. You're mated, dog. You're done. Yeah, yeah. This, this, you should have heard him two weeks out. ago, right? Double R, you should have <laughs> heard, heard him two weeks ago. Well, it look, man. I mean, that's part of what, what makes this so great to talk about each and every day. I mean, when you sit here and you're going to go back and forth, yeah, two weeks ago, man. Uh, I can only imagine you're supposed I can't to go remember out last, Texas. I can't remember two days ago. Yeah, no, shit. but but look, man, they went out and got whooped by Texas State, but hey, Texas State's better. Texas to me that day I, w I went back and watched that game Texas State to me looked like they belonged in the Big 12 yeah. that day and I mean a lot of that is 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 on their staff I mean I don't care what Baylor's doing look what Texas State is doing I mean hell they should have beat UTSA the other day and 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 that, that that's going in the right direction over there but Baylor yeah Dave Aranda and that that seat's got to be getting hot that seat has got to be getting hot right uh, you, you I would think? think so. I don't know what's still left on his contract. I don't think it really matters. But um, yeah, you were six and seven last year. If you have a tumultuous year, like you, it looks like it's about to unfold, yeah, man, it's gonna get bad, and it's only gonna get worse because you're in the Big Twelve, dog. You know what I mean? And like you said, dude, uh, rules kids have left. You know what I mean? And come on, dude, you got a new, yeah. you got like a new defense coordinator, man. You know how much yeah. does Aranda have to to step in and play uh play babysitter for that? It's going to be a. Yeah. I don't see this as a two score game, man. This is no. three. I was like, I was at, I was at twenty one and a half yesterday. I might be going up to twenty eight, Rodney. Yeah, I might yeah. be. Actually, let's get real. Let's let's stay. Let's I'll stay realistic. I'd say yeah, twenty four. Twenty four is a good. Twenty four is a good realistic score. In yeah, my opinion. and this. In this Baylor situation right here, this is like Barry Switzer. Barry Switzer takes over Jimmy Johnson's team. I mean, that, that's exactly what this is. I mean, that's exactly what this is. And look, man. Let's go! These guys, where Baylor has screwed the pooch, they haven't worked the portal. They haven't worked NIL. Man, get Chip and Joanna in this thing, man. Get Chip and Joanna involved in this thing and, and go get some, some of these people to come to Are they to still Waco. a thing? Are they Chip still together? I think so. Are they? I, I, as far as I know, yeah, yeah. I, I thought they were on the rocks or whatnot. Well, boy, I, boy, that's going to be a messy divorce. Damn, who get, if they are, man, who who gets the who gets the fundage on that one? Holy shit, they own Waco. They own Waco. You yeah, roll into but Waco, she, but, it, but it's her show board. though, right? Like, he, like she's the mastermind of all of it. I don't, I, I don't know exactly how. I don't watch works. the damn thing, so no, I, I don't. It's I, huge, still clear. Says, yeah, okay. They're, okay, they're in real estate, dude. They're in real estate like me, so I don't, I don't give any solace to the competition, man. Fuck them. Well, Rodney, <laughs> that was 
you know, any last save rounds, bro? We got to get out of here. Oh, you know what? Before we get out of here, audiovisual consultations, 512-255-8678. Make sure you're going to their website at abconsultations.com so you can watch not just the Longhorns on Saturday, but all the other college football games as well. You can watch this AL pennant race that we got going on and the wild card race that's happening. You can watch the Orioles. And uh, and Astros right now, and also Boston and Texas Rangers, because those are those are your matinee games. How are you going to do so if you only got one TV? Call Tom McKay up, 512-255-8678, or go to their website at abconsultations.com. All right, let's bring on our guy, Hardball Harge. He played a lot of hardball, man. Um, it hey, is Wags. time now for hanging with Harge. Dude, let's hey, talk about it, dude. Strohs and Orioles real quick before we get out of here. What are your takes? Uh, this is going to be very, very interesting. I mean, this this entire pennant race is what it's all about. Exactly, you guys Mike. have been talking exactly, about bro. it. It is, it is what – this is the fun time of the year. We can talk about football. We obviously – that's what we're here for a lot of the times. But when you start looking at what's going on with the MLB, what team is going mm. to be able to make that run and be very consistent. You know, we talked about the AL West, but – your Baltimore Orioles, man, they are a damn tough baseball team. And I know, I know, Ronnie. I don't want to believe <laughs> in it either, but I tell you what, that team has been good, impressive man. all good. year long. And this is bringing them from the doldrums. They haven't been in the playoffs since 2015. Yeah. I mean, you know that, Wax. You know yeah. that. <laughs> Misery loves company, dude. I've been looking for friends. <laughs> Appreciate it. Anyways, you, man, we got to get out of here, Mike. You have a great show, bro. It is Hanging with Harge with Hardball Harge. Later, guys. Later, Appreciate Harge. It. Later, man.